Welcome to a Honeybee Podcast, where we talk about all things life, love, law, and legacy. I'm your host, Erica Diamond. Before we get down to business, let's start with a prayer. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the message you have downloaded in my spirit to share today. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Have your way. I pray that anyone listening in be open to hear your voice open their spiritual ears to hear you and even if and when you have me speak about anything difficult to hear i pray that my listeners have softened and willing hearts i bind up any darkness so that there are no distractions nor hindrances during our time together and i lose the ministering angels to minister to each and every person under the sound of my voice. Use me as your mouthpiece. In Jesus' name, amen. So guys, how many of us view living a Christian lifestyle as boring or confusing or even restricted? Today, I'm going to help you put life back into your Christian walk. Paul didn't say, be bored in the Lord. Samuel didn't write, my heart yawns in the Lord. Yet we often live like this. Believers and followers of Christ settle for so much less than God intended for their walk with Him. No matter your circumstances, God wants you to experience the joy, fulfillment, and excitement that He offers. So you want to know how to make this work? Let's go. Well, 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 today I am opening our discussion with a question. How do you view your walk with the Lord? Take a second and think about that. How do we view our walk with the Lord? Is it exciting? Are you in anticipation because you know that you're about to get to know him better? You're going to dive into his word. You're going to learn something new. Or is it similar to chores where you're kind of just doing what you got to do, getting it over with? rushing through it, bored, getting annoyed with it, falling asleep, you name it. I want to start with the Bible verse in John 10, 10. The Bible says that the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. But yet Christ came that we may have life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. See, the devil wants us to stay in this mindset that it's a chore. He wants nothing more than to see you completely distracted, giving more importance and attention to the things of this world. And it could be something as simple as playing video games, hanging out with friends, binge watching TV, 
or even just watching TV, watching movies, YouTube videos, going on social media, going shopping all the time. All these different things are fun. They're exciting. But we have to make sure that just as much time as we're putting into all these things, we should be putting that much time, if not more, in our relationship with the Lord. So I'm going to pose two different scenarios because depending on who's listening in, there can be one that just gave their life to Christ. And then there's someone that has been walking with Christ. So two totally different situations. Um, But both could use the set of tools that I'm going to help you guys with today. If you first gave your life to Christ, remember back, you didn't do it because you were forced. You didn't do it because you were scared. Um, I genuinely believe that anyone that has given their life to Christ, they have felt the overwhelming um, love from him and they wanted that connection. With that said, maybe you weren't plugged in right or maybe you didn't know who to talk to. Maybe you didn't know the questions to ask and that could have put a stump in your walk. And on the flip side, there's some that are already walking with Christ. They gave their lives to him, you know, whether it was a month ago, years ago, you know, you, you want to take a look at your walk with him and you want to be able to say, am I doing this in a mundane manner or am I genuinely excited about my walk? And our walk is not simply all about us, right? Our walk has to do with not only us and how we're interacting, but also him. So whichever the scenario is, what if I gave you nine steps to put a pep in your step, in your walk with Christ? And for those of you that are just choosing to give your life to Christ, this is going to save you a lot of time and confusion. The first step is to read your Bible. Read your Bible and talk with your father. When we talk about talking to your father, We have to be very careful in that we see him the way he really is. Sometimes if we did not have a good relationship with our earthly father, we in turn, or even mother, uh, we in turn will view God like that. We could be... Um, really afraid to go to God if we've done something wrong, if we 
are ashamed of something, we could um, really struggle to hear him because we are allowing these thoughts. Um, and if you uh, didn't hear my podcast last week, we talked about uh, emotions that become feelings, that become thoughts and actions. And so if we're allowing those negative thoughts uh, to cloud our mind, we would be unable to hear him. So we must go to the Father and really learn about him and understand who he is um, as a father, right? God wants us to know that we can go to him for anything, On the flip side, you may have grown up really spoiled and you think that you can get anything that you want. That is also a poor way of viewing the Lord because a lot of times those type of people will now view the Lord as a genie. And it's like, hey, I want this and I'm going to pray for that. And I need, you know, some money for this and that. Um, And then they expect it immediately. And when it doesn't happen, now they're upset with God. Um, If something bad happens in their life, they're super upset and they get frustrated. And it's like, what's the purpose of this walk if X, Y, Z is happening? Or if I'm asking for something and it's not coming to pass. One thing about reading our Bible and getting to know God um, this this is not only to help you with your walk, but also um, your relationship with him. It should be uh, twofold. It's not it's not all about us. If we've given our life to Christ, who did you even give your life to? Who is who is this? God is so many things. And as we read the Bible and we go through certain passages and specifically there are um, there are verses that specifically talk about uh, God and who he is. A number of things you're going to see Alpha and Omega, which is uh, the beginning and the end. Um, We know that God is our provider. God is our protector. He's the Lord who heals the Lord, our righteousness. He's the Lord, our banner. He goes before us. Um, He's our peace. He is our shepherd. He guides us. He is ever present. He is always with us. There's a countless number of descriptions of who the Lord actually is. And so in our walk, we want to make sure that we are getting to know him first and foremost. In getting to know him, we are able to see also what he wants for us uh, in our lives and in our walk with him. Let's go ahead and read 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says, rejoice always and delight in your faith. So your faith is your walk with Christ. We want to go ahead and rejoice always and delight in our faith. No one pressured you to give your life to Christ. No one should pressure you to read your Bible, to talk with him. 
We should be excited to do that. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer in every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So I want to go ahead and stress on uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, where it says, be unceasing and persistent in prayer. So no matter what the circumstance is, we are not going to stop unceasing and persistent. We're going to keep at it and keep at it and keep at it. Prayer is basically like having a conversation. I could right now call my best friend and we could speak for hours. about whatever it is. We could be getting to know each other better. We could be um, catching each other up on what's going on in our world. We could be uh, asking for help or prayer. Uh, We could have a concern that we need advice on. That is an example of how we should be viewing God. When we talk about prayer, A lot of times people think, oh, I have to sound a certain way or I have to say these specific words. I want to give a shout out to my sister. Um, When we were younger, one of the things that I always mentioned to her was that she was so good at writing. I mean, just the, the, the eloquence in her words were to me were phenomenal. Um, Even though I was a straight A student, uh, I truly did struggle in English class, we had to write, you know, essays and things like that. Um, Even the creative, the creative writing, um, I think I probably struggled with more, um, mainly because it was timed, but still really kind of piecing my thoughts together. uh, It was a struggle. And I remember even when she prayed, um, she prayed and still to this day, prays so beautifully. And I had to realize that talking, right? Praying is talking to the Lord, talking truly. Um, We don't have to think of prayer as this, you know, big show. It's just as simple as picking up the phone and calling your friend. Um, So I had to get to the point and realize that it doesn't matter how I sounded. It doesn't matter what words I used. Um, Now there's a proper way of praying, of course, and and then there's not a proper way. Um, But in that sense, when I did come to the Lord, I wanted to make sure that even if I used our everyday plain Jane words, the Lord was still going to hear me. So I hope that helps somebody um, that's listening in that is questioning how they sound or what they should say. You want to be able to just have simple conversation about anything and everything under the sun. It could be something as simple as, oh my God, I stubbed my toe. Now I'm irked. Bring that to him. If you guys didn't listen to my last podcast, go check it out because I was talking about um, emotions that became feelings, that became thoughts, that became actions. And so even something as simple as that, Maybe somebody that doesn't really have anger issues, they may not have an issue with that, right? It could just be a funny moment um, after being annoyed that you stub your toe. But there could be somebody that has anger issues and they uh, used to struggle in that and they're coming out of it and they're, they're, they're wanting to turn a new leaf and do what the Lord is saying. 
um, obviously the opposite of anger. And the opposite of anger could be many things, right? Uh, we could be um, peaceful and calm and open and um, joyful, all these things, right? Um, so we would want to go to him first and foremost, bring that to him so that we are not going through our day struggling with an angry heart. And now everything that we come across and anyone that we come across, now we are talking to them in a rude way and we're just being nasty, you know, the whole day because we stubbed our toe and now we're just pissed. You see the reason why we would want to go to him? So 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17 says to be unceasing and persistent in prayer. People wonder why things don't happen or why don't I see results? Or if God's even listening um, to their prayers, I'm going to give you an example. If I went to the gym today and I did one push up, one squat, I took a uh, two pound dumbbell and I lifted it five times, am I going to see immediate results? I would hope the answer is no, right? We all know it's no. We're not going to see immediate results. If we truly understand this walk with Christ, we know that it's not just gimme, 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 gimme. The world talks so much about narcissism today, right? One of the, the most spoken words, one of the most spoken words today is narcissism. And we think about narcissism, we're like, wow, like, how could this person do this? And how could this person say that? And all this abuse and, and it's just it's a whole toxic commotion when dealing with this person that is choosing this way of being. Okay, because it's choice. So before we even look at at the person that is exhibiting these narcissistic traits like how can they do this and how can they say this and how can they act like this let's go ahead and look at ourselves first and foremost if we've given our life to Christ no one forced us to do so and so maybe we didn't have the best connection maybe we didn't um, connect with anyone uh, in our church, maybe we didn't, uh, maybe we don't know how to move forward. But still in all, look at your actions today. And it's not to bring shame upon anyone. It's not to call someone out like you're disgusting, you're horrible, etc. When we self-reflect, we're able to say, wait a minute, hey, that sounds like me. It sounds like I'm doing X, Y, Z. And if that's not what God wants for me, I want to be able to recognize it, be honest about it and repent and make a change. Why is it so hard for people to make a change? It's because they hold on to these struggles. They don't realize where the power is coming from. The, the, there's a power that's within them through the Holy Spirit that is able to battle these things. Your job is to walk like Christ would want you to.
Let's go to uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which guards over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. So we talked about self-reflecting, right? How many of you out there listening struggle with worrying and feelings of anxiety? One of my biggest things that I say um, to anyone that I come across, anyone that's dealing with this or just really um, a word of advice for kids um, as they're growing, um, never claim something. Again, if you haven't listened to my podcast last week, we talked about emotions and feelings. Just because you experience an emotion and you are now uh, experiencing a feeling because of that, don't allow that to now become who you are. Don't claim that. You can feel fear. If I right now saw a wolf right in front of me, am I going to be afraid? I'm going to feel fear, but am I going to claim I'm afraid. That's it. It's going to eat me. I'm going to die. We're done. Or I can feel fear and say, what can I do in this situation? What people have to understand is that when we're going through these emotions, they are there as signals. So we say, hey, I'm feeling some type of way. I feel afraid. Whatever the case is, it is our job now to either, uh, well, to respond, but we can react if we don't know what to do. And so that's why I say the very first step is to talk to your father and to read your Bible. Uh, You know, I laugh because I remember um, early on when I was reading the Bible, uh, there were all these you know, different names. I remember uh, whatever book it was that I first turned to uh, when I was younger. And I'm like, who are all these people? And who named them these names? You know, what's the point of knowing that this person is this, you know, person's father, and then this person has this person. And it was just a whole jumble mess to me. And I didn't understand. I didn't have the revelation at an early age of of who these people were. Um, Of course, the main characters, we typically pick up quick, right? The main characters. Um, but I I truly did not realize the importance of the lineages. Um, now, granted, if you're just now um, starting out reading your Bible, please don't focus on that, okay? I am um, truly a history nerd and... Um, It's just something that I ended up diving into uh, later on. Um, So not something that's so super important, but it is important later on. 
Um, if you do have the revelation to pick it up now and, and, you know, you can memorize all that and, you know, more power to you. Um, but you want to start out with knowing who the Lord is, um, you know, in, in all circumstances and knowing what he wants for you, knowing that we're all here, um, to serve a purpose in this world. You want to start there because going back to Philippians four, when it says, do not be anxious or worried about anything, we can't do that. We can't not be anxious or worried if we have no clue what to do. Um, deliverance ministry, if anyone knows about that, deliverance ministry is phenomenal. Deliverance is for the children of God, right? Because unfortunately, we live in this world. There's a lot of sin that we're in, a lot of things that we're ignorant to, and deliverance is phenomenal. It is now, you know, um, so that we are able to experience um, the uh, freedom is what it is. Freedom. We realize, hey, we've been doing this. I've been thinking this way. I've been reacting like this and I want to repent and I want that freedom and I want to walk in the way um, that the Lord has um, ordained me to to walk in. But so now I get rid of all this negative and what do I do? You can't say, hey, I've been I've been delivered from anger and and worry and anxiety. Now what? Now what? Any good deliverance ministry would tell you that you now have to fill yourself with the total opposite. So we don't even know who the Lord is, right? You're giving your life to Christ. Who is this? Who is this? We have to know who he is. So it's not just, let me go ahead and say a prayer and I want more money and I want a car and I want a nice house and I want my kids to listen and I don't really feel like working. So can I just get money to fall out the blue? Um, you know, a lot of us have very selfish prayers. So when we wonder if the Lord is listening to us, it is like that person that went to the gym and did a push-up and a squat and took that uh, two-pound dumbbell and thought that all of a sudden they had, you know, this body that was just like, oh my gosh, look at me. But we talk about the narcissist and yet it may sound harsh, but look at yourself. Are you only asking, asking, asking? A lot of times people read these Bible verses and they think, oh, well, well, the Bible verse told me that I'm supposed to pray without ceasing. So I should be able to ask about X, Y, Z and do this, this and this. And the Lord's going to give it to me. If it is in his will, yes, it will happen. But first and foremost, are you doing your part? Are you getting to know him? Are you following what he's told you to do? If we're following what he tells us to do, then Philippians 4 verse 7 makes total sense. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which guards your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. So 
when we start walking the right way, when we start realizing like, hey, this is not just about me, but it's also about him. It's my relationship with him. We are able to walk in the way that is becoming more and more like him. We have um, people in the Bible that they even say that this person was perfect, right? That just means that they have been following the laws of the Lord and they are walking in right standing, um, you know, in righteousness with the Lord. Now, does that mean that that person has never made mistakes in their life? Is it like this thing of like, oh my gosh, well, how am I supposed to be like that? I'm like, I'm, I'm over here, you know, yelling at my kid, um, you know, or, or, or I, I, you know, I'm not a great listener. My, my friends, they talk to me and they say that I'm not a great listener, whatever the case is. The Lord is not looking for us to be perfect in that we're never going to struggle with something. He wants us to be more and more like him. He wants us to keep our eyes on him and to be able to further our walk and strengthen our walk. The more we do that, the more we are going to showcase the fruits of the spirit. You cannot like the person that went to the gym. You can't be patient one day and all of a sudden now you swear that you are the most patient person alive. Um, I I once heard that when you pray these um, prayers that they're like scary prayers, if you say, hey, Lord, I need, you know, more patience. Um, you know, I, I, I want to be a patient person. He's going to put you in scenarios where you are going to be tested. How else are you going to build up your patience level? How else are you going to um, build up your self-control? But by being tested. Think of someone that is a track runner. If you are running track and you, um, let's go ahead and say that you practice for a week. But then we have somebody else that's been practicing for a year. Who do you think is going to exhibit more um, endurance or other features of that of a good runner? Of course, the one that's been doing it the longest. So this is why the Bible says um, to be persistent, to continue that walk, to continue growing continue feeding yourself. And that's why step number one is to read your Bible and talk to your father. Step number two is to let your first step be God. A lot of us, when we go through something, our first reaction is to call that person that is probably the closest to us. That could be perfectly fine. You, There's nothing wrong with that. But you also want to make sure that you are going to God first and foremost, because if it wasn't for him, you wouldn't be in that particular um, scenario, right? Um, maybe he allowed something to happen or maybe it's something good and you, you should be able to praise him first and foremost. Um, number three is worry and your walk. They don't mix. There's no such thing, right? So Philippians four, it says, do not be anxious or worried about anything. You cannot have a healthy walk, a strong walk, a consistent walk with the Lord, and on the flip side, 
you're over here struggling with anxiety and worry and anger and all the things that are not from God. It makes no sense at all. The math is not mathin'. If you are worrying, your walk with the Lord is showing that you do not have complete trust, complete faith. Now, I don't say that lightly. Been there, done that, where I'm like, no, I trust God. I know this and this is going to happen. I believe that such and such is going to take place, blah, blah, blah. And then here I am worrying about X, Y, Z. And I couldn't differentiate the um, idea of, hey, I got to plan X, Y, Z, but this right here, the Lord kind of has to deal with that. And it took me a while, right? Because I didn't have the tools that I'm giving you today. I didn't have these tools, or maybe I was confused about some of these tools. And it's like, wait, but I'm doing this, but this doesn't make sense. And it was just a lot of back and forth, a lot of double-mindedness. My hope today is that giving you these tools is going to help you and you are going to be able to avoid a lot of the mistakes that I even made. So worry and your walk, pick one. I pick my walk. I don't want worry, I don't like worry. I don't want to think about things that I don't need to think about. When you say that you give something over to Christ and he is going to take care of it, you are no longer worrying, but you are giving, um, you're putting total uh, faith and you're giving everything over to him so that he is able to do um, a work that only, truly, that only he can do. And so you say, oh my God, but I keep making this mistake that I like, I am giving it to him, but then I'm thinking about X, Y, Z. Super simple. I remember um, a a class that I did with my uh, youth girls and I told them, don't go to the extreme from one side to the next, right? A lot of times people say, I got to make a change and I got to go from here to here, right? Um, And then they think it's point A to point B, but the reality is they're going from point A to point Z. We're human. So I gave an example of, you know, if somebody was shy, they didn't want to put their camera on. I said that the complete opposite is going to be, well, if your camera's not on, turn it on. Right. That's that's the complete opposite. Um, What would be. Uh, you know, from point A to point B is, wow, I am feeling, um, you know, a lot of anxiety. I'm I'm feeling this and I feel nervous and I don't want to um, put this camera on. Wait a minute. Why am I feeling anxiety? Right. Going through these steps to ask yourself. To ask yourself why I feel what I feel. So what is the opposite of anxiety? Well, you're calm. So one of, uh, so the piece of advice that I gave them was take a second and self-reflect. Why am I feeling anxiety? 
ask yourself these questions. And as you ask yourself these questions, as you're self-reflecting, it's going to help you to come back to this calm state, the state of peace, just like it says back in Philippians 4, 7, the peace of God, the, the peace that reassures the heart, the peace that transcends all our understanding, the peace that stands guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus is yours. It's going to be yours. This is not a performance. So you take those necessary steps consistently to do the opposite of what you were doing previous. Number four, let the Bible keep you out of trouble. A lot of times people say, well, I just didn't know. Oh, I wasn't supposed to do that? I didn't know. And it makes sense, right? If you don't know something, you don't know something. But a lot of times people use their ignorance as an excuse to have done what they were doing or to even continue doing what they're doing, knowing full and well that you do feel some kind of nudge deep down that is making you um, feel some type of way because you know that you know in your heart of hearts, something is just, something's just off. It doesn't feel good. I shouldn't be doing this. I'm going to go back to number three and give you a Bible verse um, towards that. Matthew 6 and 33. Actually, 31 through 34. Matthew 6, 31 through 34. Um, mainly 33, but uh, I'm going to read the whole thing. Therefore, do not worry or be anxious. Notice how, see how many times God is literally saying that in the Bible? Don't be like this. Be like this. Do you see why it's so important to read our Bible? You see why it's so important to get to know him and what he wants for us? He doesn't want this for us. He doesn't want us to be worried and freaking out. But we can't do the opposite if we don't know him, if we don't have a relationship with him. If we don't realize that we have the Holy Spirit that lives in us, that can give us strength to do all that he says we can. So he says, therefore, do not worry or be anxious, perpetually uneasy and distracted. Sometimes people think, oh, I'm not angry. I don't punch walls. Yeah, but you do other things. That's one of the reasons why I love the Amplified version. Um, I, I read many different versions because um, some Bibles take out things and, you know, I don't, I don't like the funny business. Um, and I also like to go back. I have a, a Hebrew Bible as well, which goes back to like the origin of certain words. And I like to have the full understanding of what a word actually means so that I completely understand. Um, again, I'm not ignorant to, um, you know, certain things. So it says, therefore, do not worry or be anxious. That means to be perpetually uneasy and distracted. Saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? For the pagan Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, but do not worry. 
for your heavenly father knows what you need. So God knows what we need. There's been plenty of times where I've wondered, um, you know, where's my next dime coming from? And I can honestly say that there was a point in my life that I was slaving away and I was, you know, tossing and turning and, and wondering this and, and, and really killing myself over where this is going to come from because I saw the physical, like I, I saw things in the physical, in the physical realm. And I saw, well, I can't depend on this person and I can't depend on that person. And, you know, everybody, um, you know, again, in the natural but I didn't really know who my father was. And the more I got to know him, the more I realized, wait a minute, he already knows what I need. I just have to say it. And I remember writing it down and like, okay, Lord, if this is your will, you know, let this be done. And I let it go. I left it there. I asked him and now I'm believing for it. If it's in his will for me, I will have it or I will get there. I will, you know, talk to this person, whatever the case was. But then on the flip side, I focus on myself. Who who does he want me to be? What does he want me to be? What do I have to now work on that he's showing me? Verse 33 says, but first and most importantly, seek aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness. So do you see? I, I, I literally just said that. You are laying these things at his feet and you are saying, okay, you have this, I have this. Um, think about a football team, right? Why am I mentioning football? I have no idea. I don't even like football. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, but think about a football team and you see people that are playing. Do you think that everyone is going to beat each other up to get this ball? Or is there some type of strategy that they are following in order to win the game? There are those that, and I don't know sports, so don't quote me on these words. Um, but there's those that are going to, um, you know, the guy that has the ball, they're going to, um, you know, protect him and block him and they, they don't want the other team to get to him or get the ball, right? There's a strategy that's there. If we learn uh, who the Lord is and we're reading our Bible and we're getting to know his plan and his purpose for us, um, who he is, what he's about, what his job is and what our job is. It is going to be a walk in the park. It's going to be a piece of cake to be able to say, you know what? You got this. I got this. And the two work hand in hand. Okay. We're going to go to 2 Timothy 3 verses 16 and 17. It says all scripture is God breath given by divine inspiration and is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately. 
behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, outfitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work, man or woman. Okay, so it's not just about men. It's men, women, children, elders, you name it. Second Timothy three verses 16 and 17. That that's absolutely powerful. Um, what I had mentioned um, step four being uh, let the Bible keep you out of trouble. Well, there you go. The more we read, the more we are able to um, receive that instruction and be able to um, have the word implanted in our heart. So now the Holy Spirit is convicting us of sin and we're able to be corrected and we have a teachable heart. Um, we, we go from pride to humility. So now we're able to make those changes and to be able to conform to God's will for our life. And again, both publicly and privately, some people will publicly say, I believe in Christ and this, that, and the other behind closed doors. They're doing something totally opposite. They're over here cursing somebody out or they're gossiping about this person or, you know, whatever the case is, they're stealing, you name it, right? They're not following God's law. On the flip side, you could have someone privately saying, hey, I do believe in the Lord and, you know, he's the Lord of my life, X, Y, Z, but then they don't say it publicly. What are you afraid of? Are are you ashamed to say, hey, I, I believe in the Lord. I'm, I'm a believer and I'm a follower. So we must be able to do it publicly and privately. And don't think that the Lord does not see. Somebody may not be able to see what you're doing behind closed doors, but God always sees. One of the things that I always tell my kids is, um, you know, I have raised them to be um, respectful, um, honorable, to live with integrity. And part of that is because I, with the help of the Lord, because I didn't do it in my own, right? I didn't do it on my own. The Lord truly helped me to be a good shepherd to them so that they realized, hey, the Lord is tugging at my heart. I'm not wondering if they're going to listen to me to clean their room and, 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 you know, not disrespect me and this, that, and the other. I'm not, I don't worry about any of that. They have the fear of the Lord in them and fear doesn't mean, oh, they're afraid of God and that's why they do what they do or they're afraid of me and that's why they do what they do. No, the fear of the Lord means that they truly respect. They know what the meaning of honor and respect is and it is in their second nature to want to do the right thing. And if there is an adult listening right now, it is never too late. So you're not a child anymore. You're not a teen anymore. You are now an adult or maybe you're an elder at this point. And you say, oh my gosh, I have walked this walk and I have not been doing um, things the way the Lord would want me to. It's very simple to turn your life around and give it to God, be able to put the word inside of you and conform to who he wants you to be. It's a choice. It all starts with a choice. 
Number five is learn to like what you have to do. Um, let's go to Psalms 19, 7 and 8. Psalms 19, 7 through 8. Yes. The law of the Lord is perfect. It's flawless, restoring and refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are reliable and trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Like the more we read and the more we put this into our heart, um, into our spirit. I mean, this is it, it's second nature to simply do the things of Christ in, in such a healthy and easy manner. Um, previously we talked about the fruits of the spirit. And again, if you don't know what that is, you can, um, do a quick Google on what the fruits of the spirit are. And I promise you, if you are not walking in right standing with the Lord, um, if you look at the fruits of the spirit, um, these are pretty much going to be the opposite of some of the things that you may be doing currently. Um, I urge everyone to, uh, punch shame in the face and not be embarrassed if they are doing something wrong, but to quickly turn to the Lord and ask for his forgiveness and make a choice to do um, the right thing, make a choice to make a change in the right direction. So Galatians 5.22, it states, but the fruit of the spirit, the result of his presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait. Okay. Patience is not like, oh, I held my tongue. But then inside you're like fuming. No, it's not the ability to wait, but how we wait, uh, how we act while waiting. And then, of course, got kindness and goodness and faithfulness. Um, in my living room, I actually have um, these pillows on the sofa and I, I have all nine of them. Um, all the fruits of the spirit are on the pillows in my living room. So if you ever came to my house, you can so freely look at those um, pillows and be reminded of the fruits of the spirit and um, a Bible verse that's associated with each one of them and what it actually means. Right. So, again, people think um, something as simple as um, patient but yet you're fuming, you know, inside. That's not the the real definition of of uh, patience. It is how you are acting, whether it's internal or external, uh, while you're waiting. So we should be delighting. If I have to wait, you know, um, a year for a promotion or whatever the case is, I don't know, whatever it is that you're wanting. Um, if I have to wait for this meal to be made, whatever the case is, again, I'm going to do so with a happy heart. 
Let's go back to step number five, learn to like what you do. Um, one of my favorite verses that I've told um, any of my kids or students or, you know, people that I run into, um, Colossians 3.23, it says, whatever you do, whatever your task may be, work from the soul that is put in your very best effort and something done for the Lord and not for men. Um, so go ahead and read the rest of that by yourself, Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Um, but I have done that since forever and a day since I was younger. And that was one of my f uh, favorite Bible verses. Um, and that's how I was able to learn to like what I had to do. Um, I absolutely hated school. But because I said, you know what, this is where God has me. I'm going to do this to the best of my ability. Um, and I was a straight A student and I, you know, I took it very serious because I knew that God would be proud of me. Not that all my works, you know, because I did this, that and the other, he was proud of me. No, it was just because I, I believed in excellence and I knew that um, I wanted to do this for him. He died for me. I should be able to go to school and um, get good grades and be responsible and live um, with integrity. Um, number six, uh, see adversity as God's opportunity. We can, again, go backwards, back to our vomit and say, oh my gosh, this is happening. What do I do? Where do I go? I'm not sure what to do. <sighs> and you're freaking out. Or we can say, um, hey, I'm going to choose to um, follow step number two, which is let your first step be uh, to God, right? And bring him whatever it is that you're feeling, Again, your feelings are there to, um, you know, help you make a choice. What am I going to do with this? Choose to respond. How do you respond? By following step two, which is let your first step be to God. Bring him anything and everything. So if you are going through something right now, if there is some type of adversity that you are going through, Bring it to him and say, you know what, Lord, I have control over who I am and who I'm going to be in this situation. And you have control over the actual situation. Let your will be done. And be at peace with that. Be absolutely calm in knowing that no matter what the outcome is going to be, no, right? If you're following step number one, which is reading your Bible and getting to know the Lord and talking with him, you're going to know that the Lord wants the very best for you. So the outcome of whatever that adverse situation is, it's going to be something that is going uh, to um, either benefit you in some fashion um, it's going to change you. It's going to better you. It's going to help you grow. And if you see it from that type of standpoint, um, I don't know about you, but I would be absolutely excited to grow and to uh, be closer to him and to uh, receive more and more revelation and understanding of who he is Step number seven is 
to know where the power comes from. I talked about that a little bit before where you're not doing things out of your own might, um, but saying yes to the Lord means that the Holy Spirit is now living within you. And when that happens, you now have the power through him to be able to conquer these things. So you say, you know what? Um, I used to, um, you know, uh, gossip about this person and that person because I didn't like them and I was passive aggressive and I was doing all these things. Um, no matter what you're doing, um, I just like to, um, you know, I was a klepto before and I just like to steal I don't know why I was, I was, I don't know why I was doing it, but I was doing it. And, um, you know, I just wanted these, you know, these things. And I just felt like, um, you know, I didn't have the money to, to get them. So I just had to seal it. Um, whatever it is that you were doing previously, that obviously is not of God, that does not exhibit the fruits of the spirit. You now have the power through Christ to be able to overcome that you have overcome that as you're reading the bible you realize that at the end of the day at the end of the story we have the victory if we only believe it and we claim it and we walk in it we will see it come to pass number eight is spread the joy i don't know about you but um, just recently I bought, um, sourdough bread. Um, I found the lady that makes sourdough bread. I've been saying this for forever. I want to go ahead and, um, make my own bread. Every, if anyone knows me, <laughs> I love bread. Um, but I found this lady and I said, let me try it and, and, you know, see how she does it and, and ask her, you know, about the recipe and, and all that jazz. And, um, when I got it, I mean, I was messaging her back for, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. My kids love it. Um, you know, how did you do this and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, give me this and whatever. And then I was telling everybody about it. I'm like, you guys have to try X, Y, Z, and I'm going to make it for you and blah, blah, blah. And here I am spreading this news, right? We talk about spreading the joy. If there's something that you are so excited about that you see, um, you know, th this, this work that's going on inside of you, if you um, can see uh, what's happening all around you, you have a different mindset about what's going on um, all around you, uh, you are more than likely going to tell someone, you're going to tell a friend. Um, for example, if this podcast is even helping you, you want to go ahead and share it with a friend. That is spreading the joy. And last but not least, start simple and start soon. What does that mean? Going back to the example that I had mentioned about um, the young girls where I had mentioned, you know, don't just go from turn your cameras off and you have to turn it on. You know, don't go from A to Z, go from A to B to C to D and so on. You want to go ahead and make a change slowly but surely uh, whatever these the cases, you want to go ahead and implement these steps one by one, and you want to start working on them soon. Don't say, "Wow, those nine steps sounded so good." Um, you know, I have um, you know the the football game, and then I have some homework I got to finish, and you know I was gonna go shopping with my girl and. Um, 
oh, but I had to go, you know, fishing with the boys and then I have to wash dishes and make dinner and, oh, you know, I had to go outside with my friends and whatever excuses you could possibly think of. Um, start now. Choose today to open up your Bible and say, God, you are invited here. Speak to me. I am so open. Um, help me to be teachable. Help me to be open when you want to um, reveal something to me that is not of you. Uh, when you want me to make a change. Any, 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 any of that is going to work. Okay. Any of those words. You don't have to say the exact words um, that I speak. I want to leave you with a couple more verses and then I will let you go. I'm so blessed to have you guys tune in. The other Bible verses I'm going to uh, leave for you are going to be uh, Ephesians 1, 13 through 14, uh, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. 1 John 1, uh, verses 1 through 4. Remember, that's 1 John. So 1 John chapter 5, 14 and 15. 1 John chapter 1, 1 through 4. And we read Colossians already. I pray that these nine steps are going to be a blessing in your life. Just keep in mind for anyone that is struggling to um, read the scripture or you're going through something where it's like, oh my God, this is boring. Or you basically just are starting off with, you know, a poor mindset. Understand that the Bible is about God and not just us. So remember, it's not all about you. Think about that relationship. Like I said in the beginning, that relationship that you have, if someone is calling and they only want to talk about themselves and they only they want, 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 and they're not willing to um, kind of have a two way street with you, you're going to question like, does this person even want to have a relationship with me? Well, God is wondering the same thing about us. So remember that the Bible is not just about um, us. It's also about God. Get to know who he is. If you're still struggling um, and, and you have that, men, you know, that that mentality now where it's like, I want to get to know him. I'm reading my Bible regularly. Um, I want to understand, you know, more of what I'm reading. Um, find a translation that actually is good for you. I love the Amplified version. But then again, I also read, you know, other versions along with it. Um, find something that is easy for you to read first and foremost. OK, Um my sister uh, loved Shakespeare and she was like obsessed with the King James version. If I read the King James version, I'm going to be totally honest. Um, while I may be super smart for many of things, um, reading the King James version, I'm just like, what? You know, um, in some cases, in some cases, obviously I get it. Um, but, you know, uh, find a translation that you um, can read um, pretty easily. And then also, like I mentioned, invite the Holy Spirit in. I promise you he will show up. OK, 
Um, and then, you know, if you really just can't get rid of those blockages, if you say like, man, I had this mentality for so long that this is just so boring and I don't understand it. And when I read it, I'm just like, what the heck is this? And who is this person and what's going on? Honestly, um, consider seeking spiritual help. You guys are more than welcome to ask me any questions, uh, reach out to me. Uh, you know, if you found this link, go ahead and um, look down below because you'll be able to uh, email me anything, um, get a hold of me that way, or um, be able to reach out to, you know, someone uh, in your local community, like um, a pastor, um, if you go to a specific church, or um, somebody that you uh, genuinely trust that is walking the walk, um, or that has walked the walk a bit longer than you have, um, to be able to point you in the right direction. Um, sometimes we may need some extra prayer um, to kind of get out of that mindset. And also you want to um, really renounce and denounce and just just get rid of. You want to completely rebuke that type of mindset. Um, and I guarantee you, you will see a difference. And like I mentioned before, I genuinely pray that these nine steps are going to be a blessing in your life. And I am super excited for you to put that pep in your step with your walk with Christ. Thank you for tuning in to a honeybee podcast. If you were touched by this episode, please feel free to share with a friend until next time.